Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You know what time it is. It is sideline sports time, but this week there's no John. And you know what? I just said to the two of these guys, this is the first time I'm ever going to say sincerely, I'm upset John's not here. I love John. John, if you're watching, buddy, you know I mean it's, it's all love. But I am legitimately upset he's not here. And so you two asked me, why am I upset that John yes. is not here? Yeah. Well, it's very simple. Eric, you did not see last week's show at all, did you? Did you get a chance I, to watch? I, 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 gl- I grazed at it, fellas. I apologize, but no. um, I haven't seen the whole show. No. So, Eric, what you what JB knows and what you missed was uh, the end of last week's episode. Um, John and I, how do I how do I put this politely? John and I got into a little bit of a a disagreement. I think is a but that's is, nothing new. Yeah, but. You're, you're right, but it was about his Miami Dolphins because John had to open his big mouth and said, and I'm quoting him, the Dolphins are making the playoffs. And I said, absolutely not. You're insane. So we had a whole back and forth argument. He was saying how uh, you know the Raiders didn't improve despite adding Devontae Adams because I think he said they lost J.C. Jackson – or not, not J.C. Jackson. Um, they lost a corner. I, I don't remember who it was, but they lost somebody on defense. And so it was a whole argument, whatever. And I said, John, I'm going to name the teams that are better than the Dolphins. And I did. And there, there's like, I think I counted eight or nine of them, which is more than there are playoff spots that are better than the Dolphins themselves. And then the Tyreek Hill hap, uh, trade happened this week. And the immediate reaction I had, and, and excuse my language, I said, shit, I'm going to have to eat some serious crow because I went on this whole rant about John, there's no way the Dolphins are making the playoffs. The Dolphins aren't good enough. This, that, and the other thing. And I was talking about Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Listen, I said that. And now. All I know is, hang on, hang on. I saw him getting up, going across screen, and doing a Will Smith on you. You were going to be Chris Rock in this I, Great reference. I was, JB, I, I was so beyond upset. I said, I, I texted Kayla even. I said, please. Please, Tyreek Hill to the Jets. Please, I'm praying. I do not want to hear it from John. And so as much as I would have been so annoyed to have to listen to John rant and rave and be all excited because you know how he gets when he's talking about his Dolphins, it's also at the same time I'm like, man, I really miss having him here right now because that would have been a fun conversation. Well, let me let me save you the trouble, Jake. Um, I am on the same boat as you, my friend, okay? <laughs> Even with the addition of Tyreek Hill, I can still name you seven other teams that are right now in the AFC better than the Miami Dolphins. So, John Shear, I know you're watching because you asked me to fill in for you tonight because you're so (laughs) ecstatic about your damn Miami Heat being back on top, which, by the way, let's be very clear Despite they lost to the Knicks the other night, I'd like to point that out. And, and, And besides the fact, really only one game separates the top four teams. So at any given moment, they can go from one to four to three to two to four to one. It doesn't matter. Doesn't but matter. 
I say all that to say we know John and his Miami Dolphins. Okay, John lives, breathes, eats, sleeps the Miami Dolphins. And yes, you got Tyreek Hill. Yes, you still have Mike Kosecki. You still have weapons. Waddle. That's okay? going to be a fun combo. Oh, no, don't even start. Have you heard John's reference on the sports arena? Jalen Waddle is the next Debo Samuel. I'm like, John, you're in timeout. You're out of order. Whatever else I got to say, Whoa. but you are truly smoking. <laughs> I like, hold on. I would just like to say this really quickly, Eric. John is not even here to defend himself. And this entire beginning for these past, what, like, Four, Four minutes, minutes. Or so. All John, literally all John. We're talking about John and the Dolphins, and he's not even here to enjoy it. He can't even like gloat. Poor guy. By the way, John, I'm sure you are watching. Feel better, buddy. In all sincerity. In all sincerity. Yes. Yes. Please get well soon, John. We can't wait to have you back, even though you do say some crazy ish. But <laughs> I'm still saying that there are seven better teams in the AFC, better than John's Miami Dolphins. And let's remember something. Buffalo is still the top dog in the AFC. New England, even with a now second-year quarterback, Bill Belichick doesn't lose. So you still have to contend within your own division, Miami, to potentially... Third fiddle. Right. Third fiddle of their own division. Right. And God forbid, which would make me, my wife, Mama Kara Tenuto, and a bunch of other fans happy, if the Jets got out of their own way and actually contended... I'm like, okay, John, pump your brakes. <laughs> yes, great acquisition. I understand the reasoning why. Andy Reid spoke about it at the owners' meeting yep. just today. It was either today or yesterday. He spoke about that, you know, sometimes you have to make the tough decisions in order to do what's best for the team. And when you have a contract like a Tyreek Hill, sometimes things don't play the way you want them to. So, I mean, it nope. still begs to be seen what Kansas City is going to look like. But you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Travis Kelsey. As far as I'm concerned, you're still atop the AFC until someone dethrones you. And, and you know, here, here's the thing that we haven't mentioned yet that Kansas City did. And it's not, it's not a replacement. It's not the same. It, you can't make the argument that it is. But there is a similarity that Marquez Valdez-Scantling has a Tyreek Hill also had that makes him not even a viable substitute, but at least an element of the offense will not be lost. They're both speedy guys, and that's they're, they're you know they're good deep threats when it comes to speed. They'll burn you kind of like the Deshaun Jackson type, right? Eric, that's the kind of guy that they are, and that's the one thing that I do say. You know what? You lost Tyreek Hill, but what did he truly bring to the table? He was fast. That's all Tyreek Hill was. That's all he so, is. And I think he's a great receiver. But I would quick, much rather DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. Uh, quick question for you on that yeah, point. Yeah. As far as skills, skill positions in the NFL, what's the, the easiest replace skill position? Probably a wide receiver. Wide receiver. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, is it such a big deal to lose a Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams? I mean, well, yes, they, they right, are so, the best at their position right now, but it's so big of a deal. Let me let me let me address that. So losing Devontae Adams versus losing Tyree Kill, very different scenario. And here's why. And this is why I say the Chiefs, if you compare them to the Packers, if we're going to do that, Chiefs are in a much better position. The Chiefs lost a receiver that truthfully, when you break him down, why is he so effective? Why is he so great? He's a fast guy. 
He will beat you. He can, you know, once he catches the ball in space, he can make those moves because he's fast. He's quick on his feet. He's got that maneuverability, right? That's what Tyree Kill has. Devontae Adams has some, some decent speed, very good ball handling skills and, you know, moving around, but also he's, he's catching in traffic, things like that. That is something that Tyree Kill does not necessarily have as compared to Devontae Adams. So the Packers, when you when you ask how hard is it to replace those guys, replace Devontae Adams is a lot harder than, than Tyree Kill because what the Chiefs did, they just said speed for speed. It's not the same speed. It's not the same skill set, but it's speed for speed, right? You are just taking one guy that was – he was quick with his feet. He could burn guys. That's what he did, and you put another guy that – maybe isn't as effective, but still effective in that same vein, you've replaced him to some extent, keeping that that balance in your offense, if you will, right? Where you need to have that speed guy. Travis Kelsey is your big bruising guy that'll do both the speed and the strength and the physicality aspect, right? They've kept that continuity. The Packers, in your example, with Devontae Adams, try replacing him. That's a lot different. That's like trying to replace DeAndre Hopkins. It's the same thing. And I use those two interchangeably. Why? Because they can do everything. They're more well-rounded. And especially when you're talking about the catching in traffic, the you know putting their hands up and getting the ball. That's something that Tyreek Hill does not have as much as compared to those guys. So that's why I would agree with you guys that, yeah, the Chiefs aren't terribly off because they replaced speed with speed. They, 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 they didn't entirely lose everything. So let me touch on what you're saying, JB, and I want to go one step further and kind of go a little deeper into this. I saw Marquez Valdez-Scantling. First off, he's a product of UCF here down here in Florida. Secondly, I saw him at his combine. The one thing I said about him and Cortland Sutton, those two gentlemen who I saw at the combine was this. Those brothers got hands, okay? Their, Their ability to form that diamond, catch that ball, read and react, that is something that, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be able to bring to the table with regards to being on the Chiefs. Now, the speed for speed piece, I need to see it. I think he can be a deep threat, and he's had moments of it, but I need to see more consistency. Sure. Okay? So what does Patrick Mahomes now get? He Yes, he gets a speedy receiver, but he's also got a guy who's a little bit taller than Tyreek Hill. Yep. And in my opinion has the ability to go across the middle and make those make those plays, make those jukes that is going to be able to disrupt the defense. Now, with Devontae Adams, make no mistake about it. Devontae Adams is a top three wide receiver in the league today, all right? And I know there is a lot of people who are saying, well, who are you putting above him? First off, my personal opinion, if you don't, if you don't agree with it, too bad, so sad. I'm saying, when healthy, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Second is Cooper Cup. Third is Devontae Adam. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate mail, and that's fine. I really don't care. You're watching us. It's not the other I way around. It. So I, 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 I say all of that to say when I look at what Devontae Adams is able to do, and now he's paired with his college quarterback, which is something else we need to talk about. Absolutely. A lot of these wide receivers are finding themselves kind of strange, reuniting themselves with their college quarterback, but look how successful they are going to be. So for all the people who are saying, look at the laundry list of Green Bay Packers receivers who have then gone to the Raiders for their career to die, Devontae Adams might just be the exception to that rule because Derek Carr and Devontae Adams together, the Raiders, in my opinion, 
I still don't know. And it's way too early because we still have the draft and we still have the training camps to really see what this team, the Raiders, are going to look like. But I'll make a bold prediction right now and say the Raiders finish second in the AFC West. I think that's a bold enough prediction for me to say. But that's why I say to you, when I look at Devontae Adams and where he's going, to Jake's point, you're definitely getting, I won't say more with less, but you're definitely getting a more, uh, a more, a highly touted product. My hope, my true hope with regards to Devontae Adams and Tariq, Tariq Hill, or both of them, but my hope more with Devontae Adams is that chemistry is still there because you've got to figure Aaron Rodgers utilized Devontae Adams his whole entire time that they were together. Well, now he has to go back to what he, a familiar place in, in Derek Carr, but he has to get out of the mindset of Aaron Rodgers. Go right. back to what worked for you in college <clears throat> and now present that in the NFL, in the AFC, in the Death Star, where the draft is going to be for the Raiders. Agreed. So who do you think wins the division? You give it to the Chiefs right now? Until someone Chargers... until oh. someone dethrones Patrick Mahomes, I have to still say the Chiefs are the AFC West champs. I would agree. I don't know. Right today, I'm going to say the Chargers. I'm going to do my Alex Fleming NFL carousel prediction. You know, watch that Thursdays during the season. You'll see me cover the Chargers and we'll win in the division this year. Nice, nice little plug. Easy. Nice little plug. Uh, great show. What network's that on? It's the Sideline Side Sports Lines, Network, man. Sideline Sports Network. Always. Everything. I mean, hold on, JB. Do you seriously think the Chargers are going to win, or is that just for the plug? Be honest with me. You know, honestly, I, I like their defense. I think Herbert's getting better. They got a lot of nice young pieces. I think, right. listen, that division is going to be like, remember how the NFC East used to be as we're all NFC East fans here? Two Giants and an Eagle fan? Remember yeah. what our division was like? How great it was? You know, the Eagles but it was actually great. worth Cowboys watching, you mean? And the and the, uh, the Giants were great. And the Redskins yeah. were good, but yeah, forget the Redskins. You know, but, I mean, the Washington Commanders now. Well, now, but back then they were the Redskins. <laughs> exactly. Back Absolutely. then they had a different name. Back but, when they were know, actually a respectable team to some extent. Our division, to some extent. We, used to, we used to battle. That division is going to be such a battle this year. Yeah. It's going to be you the know. best division in football. Absol- I mean, I don't think you could possibly find – Four better teams because the, the 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 most important thing to me, I think, is if you take any of those teams and put them in any other division, the worst they finish probably second place, absolute yeah. worst, most likely fighting for first though, and that's what's I mean, to say you have a division of basically all teams that are worthy of a first or second place in any division, regardless. There's no other division like it, and, and at. For me, I, I can't wait. I, I have no horse in this race at all. I'm just sit back. I get to enjoy. My division oh, absolutely sucks. I can't wait. Listen, four o'clock football is gonna be fun to watch. That's all I'm gonna I say. can't wait. I am I, I am so excited. Listen, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, those games are gonna be primetime games. But to oh, JB's absolutely. point, yeah. The one person he didn't mention, and I'm very surprised JB didn't mention this, was the acquisition of Khalil Mack coming I, over from oh, Chicago. I knew that was coming. That was a great move. That was a great move. The only the you only didn't bring it up. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that? The reason I give Chicago a pass on it is because he's been hurt so much the last two years. They're not going to win. So 
you know what? If he's not on the field, why why not get what you can from him? San Diego's willing to give something for him. Take his picks, build your team, you know, build the team around fields and see what you got. Real quick, are gonna to help answer you this, this absolutely not. Because I'm telling you, the division standings will most likely be Dallas, Philadelphia, and then probably the Commanders, and then probably the Giants because we suck that bad. No. No, 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 no. no. Giants nope. are coming to third this year. You yeah. think so? Actually, yeah. I'll go. I hope bold, so. Listen, I'll go as a bold prediction because you know I hate the Cowboys just as much as the two of you. <laughs> Early Christmas present for all of us here on Sideline Sports to the show tonight. It's going to be either the Eagles and the Giants or the Giants and the Eagles and then I would Dallas. Be, I would and then Washington. That. Okay. I'll take that. I'm, wow. I'm saying. I'm, Eric I'm, has some very serious faith in Brian Dable. Forget that he says his Eagles might win. Forget that he's saying Dallas is coming in third. I think the bolder prediction here is you think the Giants are moving up to second or possibly first. I mean, Eric. It's I'm a weird quick. year. And John said that. I know we're going back to John, who's not even here tonight. It's a weird year where the AFC is so heavily favored, but the NFC right now holds the Super Bowl. John said it a while back. He said, Eric, this is the year where an NFC East team is going to find their way into the playoffs and into a possible Super Bowl. And I said, yeah. okay, John, from your lips to God's ears. So <laughs> wow. why he, not be, hey, like Russell Wilson wrong. says, why not us? He's why not can't it be wrong. Us? Looking at the NFC, wow. there are like a handful of teams that are even worth considering. The Packers lost Devontae Adams. So, yeah, I still think they win the division. Yes, I still think they're one of the better teams. But it's less scary all of a sudden because of the fact that they lost Devontae Adams. They all of a sudden, to me, their value just dropped, considerably dropped. So now who am I worried about? Tampa? That's probably it. I'm I'm truly not scared of many teams in that division. Dallas is Dallas. Dallas just – they always do what they do. The Niners, they're okay. Maybe the Rams I should be a little scared of. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll take that because the Rams and Matt Stafford – Fine, I'll give them that. I'll 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 take that back and I'll give it to them. But Seattle, they weren't good last year because Russell Wilson was hurt. But if they still had Russell Wilson, they'd absolutely have contention for a a scary team. But they're without a quarterback. The Falcons, who ironically, by virtue of just the NFC being so bad, could have been a playoff team because the NFC was so bad. But guess what? Oh yeah, they got rid of Matt Ryan. We you just got rid of your best. Best asset, probably. Okay. There's nobody left. There's nobody I'm scared of anymore. It is. It, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think two NFC East teams are making the playoffs this year. We did it last year. Yeah. I don't. I, don't, I think that's, Eric, that's a good But I'm one. saying in convincing fashion this year. I'm saying convincing fashion. You know, as bad as the NFC is, you may get three out of the NFC East. <laughs> that, that's how bad. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's exactly what I'm saying. Got, They're terrible. Last year. But the NFC horrible. is so bad. We got two last year as bad as it was. <laughs> I mean, I, the NFC what? by default has gotten 10 times worse. JB, I will go to Vegas with you and make that prediction to see what the odds are that three NFC East teams make it to the playoffs. I want to see what the odds are in Vegas on that. But, I will put money on Eric, that. Right let, there. Let's, let's run through the NFC East just really quickly for argument's sake. Okay. Fine. We got the NFC East. Cowboys, right. Eagles, Commanders, Giants. Right. All right. So realistically, we and forget your bold predictions. Forget all that. Right. 
Who do we think is making the playoffs out of that division? For me, I would say same as last year. Dallas and Philly are the most likely. And I'm picking two. I'm just picking those two. Yeah. Uh, if I if I feet to the fire, gun to my head, yeah, I'll yeah. take those two. Those are most likely in JB, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, without a doubt. The the third choice comes down to can Rivera make once a viable candidate Maybe. a quarterback. But I'm I'm being and, realistic. And can, and can Dable come in and make Jones a viable candidate a quarterback? I don't know. Nope. And that's that's why for but, now I'm picking with what I know. And I get that. What what of the two will happen? It's the odds of both of them not happening don't exist. If it's Chase Young stays healthy. Sorry to interrupt you, JB. My apologies. If JB stays healthy on that defensive side and Montez Sweat is still there, then yes, the Washington Commanders with a viable quarterback, a game-managing quarterback, and Ron Rivera, yes, they could they could win games that maybe we don't anticipate them winning. Fair. So let's let's put them as a maybe. For Fine. now. Just for now. They're they're a fringe team regardless. That's where they stand. Depending on what teams we go through for the rest of the divisions. They may make the playoffs in this hypothetical scenario. Right. So now we go to the NFC North. All right, Green Packers Bay. make the playoffs. I think, again, just based on the way that, the, that everything is set up, the Vikings make it this year. Only because there's not a lot of good teams. The Vikings are decent enough that I think they have a chance if they win Question. some games this year. All right. In that conference, in that division, do you think Minnesota has a shot to take out Green Bay and no the shot. division? Not even close. <laughs> and I say it because Aaron Rodgers will find a way to win that division still. The defense itself has not truly gotten worse. They only I think they what they lost is Darius Smith, I believe, and that was it. And they lose Devontae Adams, which does hurt, but I think they'll draft a receiver or they're gonna find a receiver to replace him to some extent, of course. Aaron Rodgers will make it work. I think that's the only reason. If you said if you now if you switched Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, no question. Absolutely. Not even, or even if you get rid of Aaron Rodgers, I say absolutely there's a chance. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, I think that division is still theirs. See, I don't know. I think the Vikings with a new coach, because it seems like they just gave up on Zimmer. Their defense got worse every year, and that was their calling card. Cousins, listen, he's not a flashy quarterback. He's, he's just, not as bad as, like, as people give him to be. But he, but he gets he gets a lot of crap. He, he's, he, he does, absolutely. You know, so... You know, their offense is good. Dalvin Cook, if he stays healthy, Madison as a backup's good. So Justin their Jefferson, game is good. Adam Justin Thielen. Jefferson, Adam Thielen, two good wide receivers. You know, they're right below the top notch in the league. So their offense is good. If their defense can come back to life, you know, they're they're a team. And then the Lions are another team that was young last year, born no. into their new coach. They're not going to win the division. Don't, they're don't not even more. coming close. They're not making the playoffs. But, not yet. But, but if they play the same way they played last year, they're getting better. They're, well, they'll get as better. Bad as, as bad as the NFC East, as bad as the NFC is completely, you can't say that they don't have a shot. No, they don't. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when yeah, we finish going through the teams, I don't think that – because I think Chicago still finishes above Detroit, which automatically just takes them out of any contention. Automatically. I don't think they have any chance of being – above last in their division almost guaranteed it's it's nothing against them it's a quarterback is probably the most important position a team has right i don't think anybody would disagree with that i would take justin fields over jared goff all day justin fields has improved more to me but the potential and the ability to play i would prefer because i've seen jared goff jared goff is not a good quarterback he's been carried by players around him 
But with bad players like that, he is not going to be able to shine. He was only good in L.A. because of the, look at the guys he had. I mean, you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and that's before Cooper Cup did what he did this year, right? Before he really got the attention he deserved. But he was good back then. Okay, and Brandon Cooks. You're right. Absolutely, I forgot about him. So thank you. There you go. That's a trio that most quarterbacks, if you hand it to them, they're going to be pretty good. If you're if you're not like Daniel Jones, you'll be fine with that trio. No, that's the truth. Daniel though. Jones. Daniel Jones, I think, would screw up with that trio somehow because I'm a little faded. But that is, I digress. Okay, that's so I, I, all right, in, so in the, in the I'll, I'll give Minnesota the nod because there is an additional wild card spot that seven teams getting in. Sorry, right, so we've got I, Philly, and we're we've losing got Dallas, we've got Green Bay, we've got Minnesota. Now, when you yeah. move to the NFC West. And Philly. Don't forget Philly. Don't forget Philly. I said, yeah, Philly. Dallas, Philly, Green Bay, Minnesota. So we got four. NFC South. Tampa. That's it. That's it. I agree. I'm, I'm not. Well, you're not. So we're not going to go high on Mariota this year? Oh, I can't God, even no. say that straight I, look, I can't even look, say straight face. Look, if anybody else is coming out of that division at all, uh, it's New Orleans. And I, they lose. With, with the great signing of Andy Dalton today, Big Red. <laughs> They want to kiss a little longer in New Orleans. The way I, I see mean, it, what is they that? lost Sean Payton. Forget it. I don't know anything about the new system of, of the way things are going to be. I don't trust it yet. And Taysom Hill, apparently, I saw today is going to tight end. Look, he's a good gadget player, but that's what he is. Let's call it. Let's call a spade a spade. He's a gadget player. He's not a tight end. Look what happened when Tim Tebow, a quarterback, tried to become a tight end. It didn't work. I don't see Taysom Hill being anything more than another Tim Tebow story. Maybe he becomes a little better because he can still play that gadget role, but he's not going to be a tight end. So I already don't like the direction the Saints are going in. And by the way, in case anybody forgot, because I know it's been a wild offseason and there's been so many storylines, Alvin Kamara got arrested, in case we forgot that already. So that's also a kind of a big issue when you lose one of your best players on offense to being arrested. That's not great. So I would have He'll play. That's not yeah, going to – But being, not being able to practice, I, I don't know what's going on. Look, all I'm saying is he got arrested. We don't know what's going to happen. You're probably right, but besides the point. Yeah, but, I mean, you talk about he's your top player. Yeah. I mean, that team kind of lives and breeds. I just have more fame in, I I have more faith in Jameis that, you know, this guy is – he's been two teams – and he hasn't had the true opportunity, if you will. And granted, okay. yeah, he had five years in Tampa, and it proved to be a 30 for 30. I just – I got to have faith in him because I know what he's capable of, and I, I, I want to believe in Jameis. I truly want to believe in Jameis Winston, in the success of Jameis Winston. But, man, no team not, – not the Falcons, not the Panthers, and, and damn sure not the Saints – Yep. So they would have to go on a crazy run <laughs> in the beginning of the season and shock a lot of people. And that's another thing we have to factor in too. When you look at the schedule, when the schedule comes out in June or July, whenever they come out, that's when we really can assess, okay, how are these teams going to fare? And this is where we could stack rank them and Absolutely. say, Oh yeah, this is going to be a win. And of course we know that there are trap games as they call them. There are upset specials. There are division. It never games. works out the way we, the way we plan it. Right. But I will say this to you. When we did our way too early bird predictions last season on the sports arena um, for our division, the NFC East, and particularly the NFC South, out of the six of us, 
those were probably the closest we came to what actually transpired on the field. The other divisions, we were we were like, listen, we all gave Cincinnati no more than four or five wins. And clearly we were all dead wrong. Okay. Right. Megan Price still owes the Cincinnati Bengals an apology. Mike Caratanudo owes Houston an apology because he said Houston would win zero games. Um, <laughs> you know, wow. Jacksonville, Harsh. I gave oh yeah, Jacksonville, I gave you too much love, but I should have realized that Urban Meyer was a cancer. Look, apparently, Ur- I don't know if you guys heard about this thing. It was last week, but Urban Meyer didn't even know who Aaron Donald was. You, uh, well, you guys hear about this? He said, and I'm, 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 I'm not quoting. I'm paraphrasing here. He said something along the lines of, "Who's that number ninety nine guy? He seems like he might be a problem." I saw that, and all I said was, "And you were a head coach? He didn't know Aaron Donald. Apparently, he didn't know Debo Samuel." I said, "He knew how to. He knew how to go to the bar." I said, and, "I said and, you, know, you don't know these. Old. These are some of the best players." And you don't know them? What is how were you a coach? How did you get hired? We let, let's not go down that road, please. But that that's a whole other conversation. I digress. For another I, I, time. I had to say something. But I, I understand where you're coming from. All right, so we've got five teams right now. We've got Dallas, we've got Philly, we've got Green Bay, we've got Minnesota, and we've got Tampa. And I put Minnesota the... on a fringe. Minnesota's a fringe oh. team. I don't know. I'm, I'll count them for now because okay. if I'm if I'm comparing them to Washington, I personally prefer them over Washington as my fringe on my top fringe team, but that's, that's close. That's what I'm saying. Those are teams that are going to be fighting for that last spot. Most likely. So now we're going to go to move to the NFC West. And this is the division. That's the best one out of all of these, probably by, by a considerable margin, you get LA, they'll make the playoffs, Arizona. If they don't entirely implode again, they'll have a shot at the playoffs. San Francisco. Depends on Jimmy G. Yeah. it, It depends on what they do. But again, so even if we put them at the fringe, the NFC West is fool's gold. Besides the Rams, the the Forty Niners, the Forty Niners right. have Jimmy G, and they're not so going anywhere. For just just for argument's sake, Eric, let's just say we got Cowboys, Eagles, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, Niners. Basically, it's act, that's all the exact same as last year, right? You're still looking. You're looking at for NFC East teams actually a better scenario than last year. Right. First of all, LA is going to have a Super Bowl hangover. Even if they make the playoffs, I don't think they're going back to back. I don't think they have a chance at it. Not because I don't like them. It's just, it doesn't happen. Right. You play that many games, you have less rest time. It, it catches up to you eventually, even if you make the playoffs. Just statistically speaking, that's what happens. That's number one. And I'm going by division. So then Arizona, they're self explanatory. They implode all the time. That's just what they do. They, they they find ways to fail. So then you look at the Niners. All right, depends on Jimmy G still. And let's assume they even make the playoffs. I don't know. Jimmy G still, for me, always going to be a big question mark. All right, Tampa, they're the scariest team in my opinion because they got Tom Brady coming back. He's locked and loaded. He's ready to go. I mean, he was incredible last year. I don't see any reasons to think they're not going to be good this year. And with the Rams with the Super Bowl hangover, like I just said, that kind of opens the door for them just a little bit extra, I think. Green Bay, I don't know what's going to happen with them. They lose in the playoffs every year anyway. They find new ways to do it. And now they don't have Devontae Adams. It's even easier for them to lose. They may not even make it to the second round. Who knows? Who who knows? So the point of all of this to say is then you have Dallas and Philly, and and they don't stand out compared to everybody else. But what is important about it is the fact that other teams don't stand high above them. We're talking about – do the NFC East teams have a chance? 
Yeah, because I just said to you, the only team that I'm truly scared of is Tampa. That's it. That is absolutely the only team I'm personally afraid of in the NFC. Everybody else, I have found flaws that I think, yeah, there's a reason they'll uh, lose in the playoffs, or maybe not. Why, why are you scared of, scared of Tampa at this point? Because of Tom Brady. That's it. He is the only reason I will always be scared of a team, because Tom Brady, he's got something about him that he just makes every team he's on better. That's just how he does it. So, Jake, let me ask you a question. Are you more scared of Tom Brady, or are you more scared of Aaron Donald? In what sense? Well, in, in the sense If that, I'm physically on the field, I'm no, more no, no. afraid of Aaron Donald. No, no, no. In the sense that you have the GOAT on offense and you have arguably one of the top guys on defense and you fear for your quarterback more than you fear for a linebacker or a safety or a corner. So, listen, I am personally, when I look at the, the seven teams that we just did, we did Dallas, Philly, Green Bay, Minnesota, Tampa, Rams, and Cardinals. I'm more worried about the Rams than I am about Tampa Bay, okay? I know what Tom Brady's capable of doing. There's no question about it. I have said this for the last two decades. If I have 28 seconds on the clock, no timeouts, and I've got to go 75 yards, who's the quarterback that I want? There's no question. It's Tom Brady. Right. Now, I am more concerned if I'm the defense but if I have the ball, if my team has the ball last, right, and Aaron Donald has had that motor running the entire game and then some, Absolutely. yeah, I'm worried more about the Rams. That's so fair. for me, it's the Rams and then the Bucks, and like you said, stack rank everybody else. Uh, but and that's fine, and you know I'll give you that. I'm, I I will agree to disagree on that because the the ultimate point that we're both going to be making here is. It's pretty simple. Even if even if I make Tampa one and I'm making the Rams two and you're making the Rams one, I'm making Tampa two. Semantics. They are the top dogs, period, yeah. end of story. It's not like in the AFC where there's like, well, which one is the top dog? Okay, yeah, you put Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, but you got like four or five other teams right below them that things are real scary with them, especially because of the new overtime rules. Teams like Buffalo, all of a sudden things change. But we'll talk about that in a moment. We will get to that, but – that, that does change the complexion. Can you imagine right? having this conversation for the AFC? We'd be here all night. Right, and, and that's the point. That's, that's, an that's hour, exactly yeah. my point. That's an hour-long show. Yeah, and, but that's exactly the point I'm getting at, which was what I was going to make. Right, The AFC, there's a 1A, a 1B, and there's a 2A, 2B. Those teams are so close. You know, even if you put one and you know one and 1A, well, then you got 2 and 2A, uh, 2A and 2B because those teams are so close. And so those teams are impossible to separate. There's it a is, minimum of – Two really good teams in every division. And and there's going to be somebody that has to miss the playoffs, which is the crazy thing to think. But I digress. The NFC has the exact opposite problem. They have two good quarterbacks on two good teams, and that's it. I am not scared of truly anybody else. I think Dak is probably the next best quarterback in terms of his chances because Kyler Murray in the cards, I like Kyler Murray more than I like Dak. But I just told you how Kyler Murray and the cards, they're going to fall apart. It's just kind of how it's going to happen. And so I hate oh, hold on, time out. Time out. So you're saying it's Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott? That's and I'm saying, saying I'm going to say that because Aaron Rodgers finds a way to crumble in the playoffs every year. If he wasn't Mr. Unreliable in the playoffs, I wouldn't be as worried. I'm not saying I think Dak is going to win it. But I'm trying to give some love and some credit to the NFC East here and say, you know what? They have a chance. 
I mean, even if you put Dak at four, even if you want to put Rodgers at three, Dak at four, you know, again, that's I'll move that. That's fine. But I'm kind of I'm uh-huh. iffy with Rodgers because of the fact that he just loses in the playoffs. My point ultimately is the, the quarterbacks are not that the teams are not that great. I'm not scared. I'm not I, scared. Okay, and and you know what, Jake. I'm going to ride with you on that one. As crazy as this sounds, coming from a Philly fan and a Giants fan, stack ranking the quarterbacks in the NFC and basing it solely on the fact that we've seen your production in the postseason, I will ride with you and say, you know what? I think last year was, listen, we I call Dallas this all the time, an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> they They correct that problem. So I'll ride with you and say it's, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. I'll put that top four there for you. And, and I can't believe I'm saying that because Mike Tenuto and Megan are going to – Two to three, though. But, and that's ultimately exactly my point. Yes. There are two top dogs I'm scared of. Everybody else, fend for yourself, Who boys. Cares? Go Who figure cares? it out. I don't care that Aaron Rodgers has won multiple MVPs in a row. I don't care because when it comes to the playoffs, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done, Lost to he hasn't San done Francisco. He hasn't Lost done squat because you know what? The top two dogs have one thing in common. They each won a Super Bowl. And and ironically, they happen to win back-to-back, actually. And but, but let's go regardless. one step further. They won them in their home stadium. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But re- regardless of that, right, those are the guys that I'm saying, yeah, they got something going. They they are absolutely – they are those guys. But then the run of the, the NFC, I'm just like, no, I'm not, I'm not scared. I, I'm not scared of them. And so, anyway, the, the whole point of this this conversation started with, you know, Eric talking about the NFC East has a chance. Yeah. We just proved it, I think. I think, realistically, you run through all that. Yeah. There's a chance. Absolutely. I, I can't argue that there isn't. As long it's as not it's like not... it's it's not like the AFC where everybody's scary as can be. I'm like, no, I'm scared of two teams. That's it. As long as it ain't Dallas, I think we'll all be good. But I, I'm with it. But it's not going to be Dallas. They, they are uh... – you got a garbage can? That's <laughs> got one over here. I mean, the way they run the, I can't even understand what they're doing. Why Let's would you let Amari Cooper? Why JB, do don't it? hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Let's keep moving on because that's a conversation that as NFC East fans and teams that we have blood and sweat and died for week in and week out, let's not go down that road. Oh, this we can go this, we can go for an hour on that alone. This ain't the sip off. Let's let's keep it moving, Jake. What else you got for me, baby? <laughs> Well, I, I, I briefly mentioned it, man. We got to talk about the overtime rules. And, of course, the one person that probably would oppose it the most, John, is still not here. And it kills me because he misses the one episode where we could get such a rise out of him and argue with him so well. I'm so annoyed because John's big argument when the uh, original conversation is began, uh, began between he and I specifically was, well, if you're in the play, if you're if you're in overtime, just make a stop. And I told him it's 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 not that easy. When you have games, I think a perfect example from a couple of years ago, Rams Chiefs. Now that was a regular season game. Sometimes you just got offensive juggernauts going at each other. And even more recently, Buffalo and Kansas City, or Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, Pat's Chiefs, a couple of years ago in plus, right? When you got offensive juggernauts just going at each other, sometimes making a stop on defense. That's 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 not an option. There is there no. is no making a stop. It's just no, score, no, score, no. score, score. It's it, there's no option. So for me, I think it's a good step. I'm happy about it. I like it because you know what? As a fan, it works out for me. 
I enjoy it. I, I get more football. I would have preferred I would have preferred the college rules. I kind of like it. I would be okay with that football. too. I like the way college does it. I mean, there's no good rule for overtime in the NFL because you, you no. can't have the guys play another quarter. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. You know, the possession things, the NFL, you can't always have a great possession. There are times, you know, you run a play on first down, and you lose three yards. Now your whole possession has changed. You're, you're three and out. If you do that at overtime and the other team scores, you lose. I get it. It's more fair now, but I don't know. The whole overtime thing, I like the college, the way college does it best. Man, I, I look at it, and I have to agree with both of you guys. I think this is more about for the fan. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is, you know, we're going to – this is one time I can say the league actually kind of listened to us and kind of gave us what we wanted based on what we saw in the playoffs last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So many times the game came down to a kick. And, and I think it was the second round, the Eric. divisional round of the playoffs. Forget coming down to a kick. It came down to a coin flip. Yeah, that too. And that's, that's too. and and that's infuriating. Nobody yep. wants that. No. You invest all this time, money, energy, watch yeah, the game. Absolutely. And, you know, you lose a coin flip and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm, I don't remember what the statistic is. Maybe one of you remembers. All I know is it was, you know, an absurdly uh, – a favorable thing to to win the coin flip. If you won the coin flip, it was something you know crazy, like 80, 90%, maybe more, maybe closer to you know 90 something percent, right? If you won the coin flip, you won the game, period. It was yeah. almost it was almost you know automatic, like you know, Adam Vinatieri back in the day, right? Automatic Adam, it's the same thing. You won the coin flip, up oh, you won the game. You might as well not even go play. It was that automatic. I'm not saying this is the perfect solution because I'll get I'll get to it in a minute. There are cons to this, and I I as I as much as I appreciate it, I have my concerns, which again I'll express in a moment. But at the end of the day, I think this is the most realistically fair way to do it, just because in those offensive battles, well, if somebody gets lucky and wins the coin flip, well, that's a bunch of baloney. The other guy doesn't get to touch it. Just doesn't make sense. If you guys don't have anything, no, I, 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 I do have a, a, another thing that came up for the older meeting. Sure. So yeah. I'll ask Eric because you came on both sides of the coin a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about coaches, um, you know, about the lack of minority coaches in the NFL, head coaches. So one of the rule changes that came in is every team has to have a minority um, right. offensive coach. So what, what's your thought on Hold that? Hold on. Before we get to that, I, I want I just I want to I want to finish on this OT segment. I want to make I I was asking if either of you had anything else on the OT because I just want to okay. throw my I want to throw my hat on the negative side real quick. If you guys don't have anything, I'll go for go it. Ahead. I just wanted to. Go ahead. The only thing that I am worried about is the possibility of things like double or triple overtime. That is what I'm worried about, and I say that because I don't know what their plans are if it comes to that. But think about it like this. If you have an offensive battle, right, kind of like those games we're talking about, well, what if the teams just trade just trade back and forth? Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Comes into overtime, just like that, they're tied again. Do you go to triple over? Do you go to double, triple, quadruple overtime? What is the plan in place for that? And I just wanted to throw that idea out there because, for me, that's where I get worried. I love the idea of extending it, right, and having more than just the one possession. I'm I love it. And James, 
What's wrong with triple OT? I'm with you, man. I love it. I, but, I'm against it. I'm against but it. I love the idea as a fan, but my concern, and I'm Eric, I think you and I will probably be on the same page with this, is I'm not just a fan. I am an analyst. I'm somebody that looks at the game in a different lens. You got to think about the players, man. If they go to triple overtime, these guys are going to die. That is that is almost the equivalent to playing two full games in one sitting. They can't handle that. That's way too much for these guys. There's a reason they play once a week at most, once every like five they days. It's once it every five happen. days. If it's a for Sunday, the one, then a Thursday. That's the for max. The one, for the one time it happens, because how many games are going to go to double and triple overtime? But, but think, think about it. Is. But the, the, the issue with that, JB, and I do want to get to the minority thing because I don't want to uh, neglect that conversation. That is, I want to allot some time to that. The concern for me is if it comes to double overtime, even triple overtime maybe, in a playoff game and it's not the next – and you're you're not in the championship game where you have extra rest before the Super Bowl, you got to go out and play the next week. If that team that you're playing had a regular game and didn't go to overtime at all, they have an extreme advantage already just due to fatigue. I don't care that, you know, you had a week in between. Well, you played the equivalent almost two full games. The other team automatically advantage right out the gate before the ball is even touched. Automatic advantage. Jake, you and I see it through the same lens. And again, it's because we're not only fans, it's because we break down the game. We talk about the game. We go to the games and we look at it through more than one lens. So, I, I am in agreement with you on that because yeah. JB, let's let, let let me just pose the question to you: If your Chargers are in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs and Herbert and Mahomes go to double overtime or even triple overtime, that wears on your body, and then you're asking them to go six, seven days to play in the AFC Championship game against, let's say, a Buffalo or or someone else, Cincinnati who, or or Cincinnati. Who right. only played a game. regular? Game. How often is it going to happen? How many times? But in the but playoffs, I think about... it happens. I think in the playoffs, it's going to happen more than we want it, more than we expect it to. The regular Absolutely. season, I can, I can, I can side with you. But in the postseason, that's what really I matters. Think yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. That's that is that's what I'm worried about. And JB, I'm I'm with you. I get win it. Just win the game, but at what cost is what you have to think about. That's that's the concern. Two more to win the game, but stop complaining about it. You got to stop giving, making excuses for guys. You got to make plays. I, Listen, I I'm going to say this before. I want to move on, but I'm going to say this, JB. I think you have an earpiece, and John is talking to you through <laughs> said earpiece because it is freaky no, how much you guys said. Either that, not, or we what? haven't got like a Freaky Friday situation <laughs> where you and John switched bodies. Because it, <laughs> boy, do you sound like him right now. When it comes to, we make too many excuses for athletes. We got to give NBA players days off for rest management that play twice a week. We got to have NFL players that can't practice with pads during the week. We got pitchers that can't throw more than a hundred pitches. When you had guys that used to pitch four times a week, listen. Sometimes you got to play the game. Play the darn game. That's it. All right. Wait. All right. I'm All done. Right. Fine. I'm done. Fine. Fine. End of the rant. All right. Let's move on to the other topic. We'll 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 wrap things up with this minority d- discussion you wanted to start. So you guys take the floor yeah. on this. You guys were uh, okay. So you were on so both sides of the coin last week, and, and you know how I feel. And listen, the NFL's done a horrible job 
in, you know, promoting and hiring minority head coaches. You know, I mean, last year, perfect example. Um, you know, we saw what happened in Houston. saw what happened in Miami. Yep. You know, and you see where guys aren't given a fair shake. Now, the NFL this year, at the orders meeting that just happened today, came out where every team has to hire one minority coach on their offensive staff. Minority coach or a woman, I believe it was. I believe it was one or the other. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Because, see, I think that's now too far. Because now you went from, okay, we need to do it, which I think it's important, but now you're forcing somebody to do it. And once you start forcing, I think it totally changes the narrative as well. So a couple questions. And you may or may not know. So let me let me just okay. let me throw that out there. My first question is, are there consequences if if a team does not have a minority or woman offensive coordinator or coach on their squad? Are there consequences if there is not one? Do we know this? Not as of yet. Okay. I, so, I was actually looking it up as we speak. No, no, that's fine. So yeah. if, if that is not the case then I treat this the same way that I treat the Rooney rule, which I see it more as you just need to check a box. Because unless we look at all the teams and make sure that all 32 teams have either a minority or a woman as an offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, wide receiver coach, running back coach, offensive line coach, quarterback coach, whatever, Unless we do that ourselves and make sure and there is a penalty or there is some type of consequence, then this is no different than the Rooney rule. Now, if this is an actual plan in place, which is saying you must or else, then you may see a JB as it being too much. I see it as it being not enough. Because... I am still of the mindset that true diversity does not exist in the NFL. And if if they've come to this decision and they are now forcing or they're putting their hand on it and saying, you must do this, I'm going to look at you and say, well, it's about damn time because there are so many qualified overqualified as as opposed to whatever the criteria is to become an offensive coordinator or a head coach or some type of um you know coach in the nfl that we're not seeing a true diverse group you know bruce arians love bruce arians i love what bruce arians has done in tampa i love his coaching staff all right top to bottom he's got He's got blacks. He's got women. I mean, Bruce Arians, yes, is the head coach. But if you look at the rest of his squad, it is predominantly black or he's got some women in there. And of course, he's got Caucasians in there as well. But there's a true look. And if the NFL is saying that you have to do this, then for me, I am saying, wow, you finally listened and decided that you're going to assert your authority in this direction to ensure that quality does exist. But if there is no consequence, if there's not going to be any type of negative reaction, then it's no different than the Rooney rule, because then you can simply say, well, we did interview so-and-so 
but we decided to go in a different direction. See, my only thing with this, because listen, you should have diversity. You know, diversity is important. You need to to realize we're we're all different and it's great to learn from different experiences and different people. To me, it's insulting that this has to be a rule. That's why I think I'm more opposed to it. It's truly disgusting. There, you know, first of all, just simple numbers. If, you know, 70% of the league is minorities, right? And and most, most people that become coaches have played the game before, you know, so right right there you have plenty of qualified candidates it's just insulting that we have to do this and and, you know we're modifying rules to create things that shouldn't even be thought of you know they're just the whole system needs to be revamped and and the way it's being done doesn't make sense you have to have one and who's to say so what happened now if they went out and hired you know 32 Latino coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And there were no African American and no women. Thirty-two teams. They just said, you know, let's, everyone randomly just happened to hire Latinos. That that qualifies for the rule, but that does nothing for what the point of this. You know, the point is we need diversity. Right. You know, we need yeah. people from all different mm-hmm. backgrounds. And to sit here and say it has to be done, I think it's just a slap in the face to the people that have earned the opportunity and should be getting the jobs to begin with. I mean, but my my retort to that, JB, is is the last part that you said. It's the fact that those who are qualified still aren't getting the opportunity. Because let me ask right. you this question: something that you gentlemen may or may not know. Why is it that Jared Mayo of the New England Patriots can run the practices all week long on the defensive side of the ball for New England, but Steve Belichick is the one calling the plays on Sunday? It's called nepotism. Well, I okay. Are we honestly, okay. honestly, yes, no, no, you're absolutely right, Jake. And this is why I love working with you because very well educated gentlemen. Here's the thing. There are five minority head coaches in the NFL at a 32. Okay. Five. That doesn't even equate to 20%. Yeah, Meanwhile, 17%. you got a league of 70% black players all right so and about 35 and when you talk about 35 percent of the assistant coaches between 35 and 40 percent are already minority exactly there's, right. there's something wrong with the numbers they, right. the math they, does they, not add up no I, I i look at it you know i'm i'm a little bit older than the two years but remember back not in by the much day, i was gonna say you two are not that far apart i'm just the young one so aim it at me i know it's at me I remember like Lauren Moon or Randall Cunningham, you know, yes. black people can't be quarterbacks. African-Americans can't do it. Doug, Doug Williams, Williams. Yep. Super Bowl champion. Yep. They can't be quarterbacks. That's absurd. What are you talking about? They can play sports. Who cares? Put the best guy out there. That's, what, yeah. I don't and, care. But that's, that's, I want to win. But JB, in 2022, still in 2022, that is not Same the case. Same argument. Same problem. Uh, uh, yeah. But that's... That's where I have the problem. This rule shouldn't be in place. You know why? Shouldn't have to be. It's a pretty it simple rule. Okay. Hire yeah. the right people, and yeah. that's it. And, and and I know why the, the rule is there. I'm yeah, happy I, it is because it. it's the, the only way to make change. But right. for the love of everything that is good and holy, 
Just hire the right people, please. It, but, it's but not that hard. We don't, unfortunately, unfortunately, that is the society that we live in. You know what I mean? And and that is why I appreciate the two of you because it's not about anything but your level of commitment. It's about your drive. It's about your passion. It's about what you do to make sideline sports better. That's all that any of us care about when it comes to this network. And not every organization looks at it the way that sideline sports does. Yeah. Unfortunately I mean, not. I, and it, it's so sad that it's 2022. We have to have a rule that, that yes. says, you know, you, yes. we have to have every, a minority or a woman on every team. No, if they're the best person, hire them. It's obviously. And it's crazy to me because I could look, I could look at teams and look at the coordinators and say, and and I'm specifically talking about minority coaches, right? And I could pick out, I would say at least three, four, five head coach worthy. Not even close to, I don't even have to think about it. Head coach worthy. Eric the enemy, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. Yep. That's off the top of your head without that's, even thinking. That's three. That's I would just have like said, that. Um, so imagine if if we sat and actually looked through every every assistant coach right now in the NFL. But meanwhile, you get a guy like Joe Judge who's going to run a quarterback sneak at you know from the four yard line, the wrong four yard line. So yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot wrong with the NFL hiring practices. I I agree. I, 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 Raheem Morris. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Sometimes you've got, yeah, Raheem Morris. I, I was, I couldn't think. A lot of people get confused and think that Raheem Morris came from the Sean McVay branch. No, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay came from the Raheem Morris branch. Yep. Sean yep. McVay was an assistant coach under Raheem Morris and here then in Tampa. Sean McVay got the coaching job. And don't get me wrong, Sean McVay's a great coach. Oh, Sean McVay's a great coach. And, and you know what? Done. And Brian Flores. That's the last one out. So there you go. Make it five. Add Raheem Morris. Add Brian Flores. The, two the more guys. Flores, Those are five the issue guys. With Flores now, though, Flores with the lawsuit made it harder to hire him. That's fine. But he's got a job with Pittsburgh. But it should. But, on. but do you know he why he does? Hold do you know why he does? Look who is the head coach. That's why. Seriously. And I don't mean that to be condescending. I mean no, it no. because hey. that's an organization that isn't Jake. racist and terrible. Jake. That's why you invited to the cookout because you <laughs> understand exactly how that works. If it I, works yeah. for this group, then it's gonna work for this group. Yep. So let's let's keep it hundred. You know what I mean? Right. But and that's uh, the built-in that's the built-in excuse why nobody will hire I, him now. I am I am certain. I am certain. Why do the the Steelers hire this uh, this coach when when nobody else wants him? Mike Tomlin said to ownership, "This man is a great coach, and we will be lucky." To have him on our and staff, he and if we can get win. him at a bargain to be an assistant head, uh, assistant coach to myself, that is huge. Trust me, go hire this man, or I swear to God, you will regret it. And he's exactly. right; he's absolutely right. But do you know why it comes down to that, and why that happens? Because Mike Tomlin is a minority coach who has won a bunch for that organization, and they like never, him. so they never listen. Had a losing record. They listen to him, but he is the only coach that would get that respect. Only one. Top three coach in the NFL. Absolutely. Never had a only minority coach that would earn that respect. Super Bowl champion, head coach. Yep. Had a winning year with Mason Rudolph. That's all I got to say in the conversation. Mike, drop. We're done. We're out. Mason, the Rudolph 
Mason, the red-nosed Rudolph reindeer. Yes. Anyway, Eric, we'll start with you, good sir. Let's wrap it up. Where can they find you? Mondays and Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, the Sports Arena. You know what it is. The second best show here on Sideline Sports Network. That's right. I said it. And, fellas, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. I'm kind of glad John wasn't here. Anytime you need me to fill in, your man is here. I got you. JB. JB underscore the program on Twitter. Produced the NBA carousel. We got Alex Fleming NFL carousel Thursdays during the season. Uh, working all over just doing different things, all different sports. So many, I'm so tired with all the stuff I'm doing. But the sports series is not the second best show. It's so good it's on twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. You get it right. Jake? <laughs> Respect that answer. Uh, at Jake underscore Malik on Twitter. More importantly, like I say, every single week, as you see, if you're watching the video across the bottom of the screen, Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Sport 1. YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports. We are on DBNA Television. We are, which is on Roku, Apple Tele, uh, no, Apple TV, um, Fire Stick, Fire Stick. Thank you. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TikTok. We are everywhere. Eric, you know it. It is a routine, my man. I got it. We are absolutely everywhere. I am telling you. I tell you guys every week. It's the same thing. It's my shtick. It's my spiel. It's the same thing. Anywhere that you are on social media that you're looking for sports, you're looking for podcasts, any of that. Just look up Sideline Sports and you will find us. Gentlemen, Hold on, before we go, one last thing. Yes, sir. I want to steal JB's tagline. We had a meeting a while back and someone asked us, what is the Sideline Sports Network? And JB's tagline, I think, is something that we need to integrate into every single show. The Sideline Sports Network is the fans version of ESPN. You got it. Everybody, have a good one and we will see you next time. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Cast Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.